Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. So um, as, a, as a parent, you become very adept at uh, recognizing differences in screams. Um, and, and so uh, let me explain what I mean. Like you can tell uh, the difference, you know, in when your kid uh, like just wants some water. It's kind of a whimper, you know. Oh, dad, you know, like, and, and, and then there's like the, the, the yell from their room when they've had a bad dream. That one kind of ramps up a little bit. There's a little bit of terror in their voice. And so, you know, you got to get up a little bit quicker. There's the, there's the scream of like, I've just gotten hurt. And you know that like, as a dad, you just get out of the way because mom is already, you know, like, and so there's that scream though, you know, like that level, like, and so you kind of can differentiate like how quickly you need to get somewhere. And then, uh, and then there's also the, like, if you have multiple kids, you can tell the, the yell or the scream that a fight has just broken out. Yes, we know this, like, and, and, and so that, uh, I, I had to respond to one of those just the other day. Um, we, were, we were at the house and uh, my daughter, she had a friend over. And uh, so her and her friend and my middle son, they were all kind of downstairs and they're playing. And, um, and my wife and I, like, we had just laid down the three-year-old for a nap. And so we're in that glorious space where like they're napping and then our older two can now go downstairs and entertain themselves. And we're like, oh, we've arrived. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's that moment. My wife's like already got the blanket. She's like, what do you want to watch? Top chef? You know, like, and so we're just like anything but cocoa melon. We're just like excited. And so, and so we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're like getting ready to relax. And then we hear downstairs, right? The variation of scream that says uh, that a fight is breaking out. And uh, I hear my middle son go, Blakely! Blackie! And, uh, and then my, my daughter is like, nah, you know, and then we can tell, oh no, like there's, a, there's, there's some fisticuffs going on, right? And, uh, and I hear, you know, the sound of like something getting tossed onto the ground. And, uh, and so I, I come to the top of the stairs because my wife was like, hey, I've already got the blanket out. Like, this is all you, bud, you know? And so she's like, all right, go figure out what's going on with your kids, right? Because when they're uh, going crazy and fighting, they're my kids. And so, uh, so she's like, you go figure out what's going on with your children. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And so, um, so I go over to the top of the stairs and I open the door and I'm like, you know, like now I'm annoyed that I had to get out. I'm like, hey! You know, and uh, yeah, try to sound intimidating. And so, um, and so, uh, yo, you know, like get to the, the, the stairs. Miles, what's going on? And my, my son, Miles, runs to the stairs. He's just like, Blakely just took the whole game we were playing and flipped it. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what? you know, and he's like, it made me so sad, you know. And so, and then so I yell for his sister, Blakely, get to the edge of the stairs. I'm standing at the top of the stairs. I'm still like trying to hope that we can go and enjoy some peace on the couch, right? So, so I'm like, get to the edge of the stairs. She comes to the bottom of the stairs and I'm like, what happened? She's crying. She's like, I smashed the game. They were playing the game of life, right? And I was like, what? That was like in the eighties. And so like, but they found the game of life. They were playing the game of life. And my daughter was like, I, I smashed the game. And I was like, well, what happened? She goes, well, I was cheating. And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. She's like, I was cheating. I was, she was skimming those hundreds, you know what I mean? Like, and so she's skimming money like some of you do still to your kids in Monopoly. And so like, she's skimming the money and Miles, my middle son, catches her. And, and so then he's like, hey, you gotta put that back. And then so she, now she's losing because she can't cheat to win. And so she's losing in the game game of life and she got upset she couldn't handle it flip the board dollar bills blah, you know what I mean like and so now she's she's made a huge mess and everybody's upset and they're hence fisticuffs right so uh, I tell my daughter she's got to come upstairs and uh, and we got to have a little chat and now I find myself and some of you parents can relate I find myself scolding my daughter for being exactly like me right like and so you ever do that? You ever scold your kid for literally being you? You're like, don't ever be like me, you know? Like, and so that, like, I'm scolding her, right? My, my daughter, she, this is her thing. She, she wants to be great, you guys, at everything she does. 
She just wants, she wants to be awesome. She wants to win at everything that she does. Everything she puts her hand to, she wants to win and to be great at it, right? Like she wants to win at life and not just the board game, right? Like, like literally everything in life, she wants to win. She wants to be great. And if she doesn't think she'll be great at it, this is what's crazy, is that uh, if she doesn't think she'll be great at it the first time, she won't even do it. And then if she does it, if she tries something for the first time and she's not the best at it, she'll never pick it up again because she wants to be great at everything. And I've got a little bit of that in me. Uh, As a matter of fact, I can still be that way sometimes today. Don't judge me. We're all works in progress, right? And so like, I've got a little bit of that in me though, like where I want to be great at everything. Now, I mentioned that this morning. Uh, Maybe you don't want to be great at everything, but here's what I do know is that every person in this room, even if you don't want to be great at everything, you want to be great at something. You want to be great at something in your life, right? Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's, it's work. You wanna be great in the area of your work. You wanna, you wanna you know, continue to get better in your career. You wanna progress. You wanna you know, get, get a better paying job. You want more direct reports, whatever. You, you, wanna, you wanna get better. You wanna be great in the area of your work and your, your career. For some of you, you wanna be great in the area of marriage. You're like, man, I wanna have a great marriage. And maybe, maybe you look at your parents' marriage and you go like, man, I, I, want, I want a marriage that's as awesome as theirs. Maybe some of you are like, I want like, to, to, to actually like get better than they had because the example they set was awful. And so like, hey, you know what? Like I, I, wanna, I want a great marriage. And, and, so, and so you're working at it and you're reading all the books and you're doing all the things and you're taking as many notes as you can. You're like, hey, I wanna, I wanna be great in that area. Maybe, maybe for you, you're like, hey, I like in the area of parenting, like, oh man, I wanna be great. I wanna be great as a parent. Uh, and so you're, you're, you know, you're watching Dr. Becky or whatever on your, on your uh, iPhone and, and you know what I mean? Like on, on Instagram and you're trying to take all the notes you can and whatever. And, and so you're trying to be great in the area of parenting. For some of you, it's as a grandparent, you wanna be great in that area. For some of you, uh, you wanna be great at, you know, your personal fitness, your health, right? You, you obsess over it. You're like, man, I wanna be great in this one area. For some of you, it's a hobby. You're like, listen, like, I got, like I, I'm gonna dominate this pickleball thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, I gotta be great. And so you're out there, oh, you know? And, and so that, like, that's, that's your thing though. You're like, hey, I wanna be great in that area. For some of you, it's the area of your faith. It's the reason why you got up and you came and on a rainy day to church, you're like, I'm gonna get in there because I want to be great in this area. I want to get better. I want to improve. I wanna have success in the area of my faith, right? And so you're like, hey, I wanna, I wanna grow in that. Look, I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but um, maybe you don't wanna be great at everything, but the, but the reality is you wanna be great at something and you want your life to be great. You wanna be great at something in your life and you want your life to be great. You wanna be successful, you wanna be uh, important, you wanna be impactful, you want, you want your life to be great. And so it's great news that you came today because uh, as we close out our series, The Way of Jesus, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about uh, what Jesus says about how to be great at life, how to have a great life and how to be great at life. Life And so hopefully that's something, there's something in this for all of us. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're in a series called The Way of Jesus. And uh, in this series, we've been talking about what it looks like to actually follow, not just believe in, but to actually follow Jesus. And so we've, we've been learning that, hey, there's a difference between believing in something and following someone. To believe is just simply to agree with, but to follow, right, that requires active participation. And that is the original invitation of Jesus is to follow, to believe in him, yes, but also to be with him, to spend time with him, to then become like him and to do the things that he was doing. Jesus didn't just invite us into a system of belief, but into a way of life. And so that's what we've been talking about in this series. We learned week one that the way of Jesus, it's a narrow way, not narrow in its mindset or in its thinking, but narrow in that like it's not obvious, it's it's not the road that most people are going to travel. It's actually the road less traveled. Uh, it can be a little bit more treacherous, a little uh, more difficult, uh, a little more challenging, right? But it's this road that Jesus says uh, ultimately leads to life, full, free, forever kind of life. And then uh, last week we talked about that, hey, if you're going to walk this way, uh, that, um, which that I, I, I didn't even realize, that's like an Aerosmith song. And so, um, wow. And uh, yeah, I, know, I feel like I've been singing in every single sermon. So just keep coming back and uh, make fun of me. So, um, 
But, but Jesus says, hey, if you're gonna walk in my way, then he says, uh, it, it, there's a cost involved, right? There's a price that you will have to pay and the price is always saying yes to you. He's like, that's the price you've gotta pay. If you're gonna actually follow me and let me lead, uh, then you're gonna have to learn uh, to say no uh, to you. And it means you, get, you don't get to say yes to every want and every desire that you've got, but instead you're gonna trust that God actually knows and has what's best for you. And so you're giving him the driver's seat, right? You're giving him the steering wheel of your life and that involves a cost, right? And so Jesus says, there's a price that you gotta pay. It's self denial, it's sacrificial living, but ultimately, if you let me lead, I'm going to lead you into life. And so the payoff will be worth the price. And now today, you guys, as we close out the series, we're gonna talk about the posture that Jesus calls us into, the posture that Jesus calls us to adopt if we're gonna walk in his way. And it's this posture that Jesus is going to invite us to take that will ultimately lead us uh, to be great. Jesus says, this is the posture that's required. If you wanna be great and you wanna build a great life, this is the posture that it's going to take. This is the perspective that you're going to need to have. And so that's where we're going today. And in order to guide our conversation, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter 20. Uh, this is a conversation where Jesus... Uh, toward the end of his life, Jesus is, he's doing some teaching and he's heading to Jerusalem where he will eventually be betrayed and arrested and killed. But before he gets there, he's, he's heading there and he's stopping and teaching along the way. And, and there's some events that happen. And, and this is one of the conversation that happens uh, on his way to Jerusalem. And so uh, I just wanna show you uh, this conversation. And it's in this conversation that Jesus is gonna talk about, hey, if you're gonna walk in this way, this is the posture you gotta have. This is the perspective you've gotta adopt. And this is gonna actually lead you into a great life and help you to build a great life and to be great at it. And so this is what Jesus says, or this is what the conversation goes. It says, then the mother of Zebedee's sons, this is James and John, uh, Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. So we're setting the scene, uh, they're walking, they're, they're heading to Jerusalem and it says that uh, James and John, this is Zebedee's sons, right? Uh, these are two of Jesus's uh, 12 disciples. These are like the inner circle guys. Um, they, uh, they get this idea and then they get their mom in on the idea and the two of them with their mom go to have a conversation with Jesus. And, uh, and, and one of you just had a chuckle because I think that's like, uh, yeah, that's like, I thought the same thing. I'm like, wait, why did you guys have to go get your mom? You know what I mean? Like, like this must be a big deal if you're getting mom involved, right? Big guns, you know, like, whoa, you, why, like, why'd you need to get your mom? Now, uh, I, I admittedly was a little judgmental when I was reading through this story this week. Um, I was a little judgmental. I'm like, yeah, why did you guys have to get your mom? You know, it's important to note. These are some young dudes. Uh, John, especially, like a lot of people believe that John may have been as young as 15 when Jesus had called him. And the reason why they believe that is what he was doing. He was working with his dad, apprenticing with his dad, and he's unmarried. So they think that these guys are probably between 15 and 18 years old. And so these are young guys, and these young guys are about to go make a big ask of Jesus. And as they're going to make this request of Jesus, they're like, hey, that's kind of intimidating. Uh, you know, a few chapters back, Jesus called this other guy Satan. You know what I mean? Like, and so let's make sure we bring, let's bring mom along. You know what I mean? And so at first I was a little judgmental. I'm like, dude, go have the conversation for yourself. You know what I mean? Like grow up. And then I thought about myself when I was younger and, uh, and I have a little bit more grace because I can remember when I was in uh, sixth grade, you guys, uh, I did guitar lessons. And, um, and when I was in guitar lessons, I was terrible. And so uh, like my daughter, because I wasn't awesome at it the first try, within two weeks, I wanted to quit. And I remember coming to my mom and I said, mom, I wanna quit guitar. And by that, I meant, mom, I want you to call the guy and tell him that I quit guitar, you know? And my mom was like, absolutely not. You're gonna call him. And I was like, what? No, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't wanna call and tell him. Like, that's gonna be awkward. And she's like, nope, you're calling him. And I pitched a fit, y'all. I was so like, <gasps> like, I'm like, you, I can't believe you would make me do this. All the other money, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like having like that moment, like a meltdown. She's like, I don't care. You're calling and you're gonna do it. And so sure enough, I ended up having to call the guy and he did not care at all. And so, um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, dude, this is just a matter of time. You're terrible and you have tiny hands. And so, um, 
I was like, what? Like, and so he knew I was never gonna make it. So this was, this, it was a short conversation, way less dramatic, but I can, I can relate to the sentiment of like wanting your mom to come along, right? These are young guys. They're about to have a, a, a potentially awkward conversation with Jesus. And so they bring their, their, their mom along and their mom is in on it. And so they go and they're, they're gonna ask Jesus for a favor. Now, conversation continues. What is it you want, he asked. Jesus is asking, okay, what's, what's, what's your request? I'm, I'm open. Uh, she says, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. So this is a, this is a bold request. She's, she's coming and, and she's, she's coming to Jesus and she's like, hey, like, I know you're, you're establishing your kingdom. You keep talking about the kingdom. And, and for them, you guys, they're thinking that Jesus is gonna establish an earthly kingdom that he's gonna go in. When he makes it to Jerusalem, he's gonna oust Rome and he's gonna sit on the throne. And so uh, she's asking, hey, can they have the, these positions to your right and to your left? And in kingdom and empire language, you guys, the seats to the right and to the left of the king, these are really big deal. These are, these are positions of importance, these are positions of power. These are positions of influence. These are positions of authority, right? This is where we get the idea and the term, like this is my right-hand man. Like when you're talking about somebody who's like really close to you or really important to you uh, or, or your best friend, you know what I mean? And, and so that's, that's where this comes from is this imagery, right? Oftentimes the person to the right and to the left would be even given decision-making power in a kingdom when the king is like, hey, too many requests, just talk to the person to my right or talk to this person sitting... At my left, right? These are, this is a big request that they're making. And, and, and the reason why they're making this request of Jesus, they're like, hey, we wanna, we wanna sit at, we want these positions because here's the deal. These guys, like we were just talking about, these guys wanna be great. They wanna be great. They wanna be successful. They wanna be influential. They wanna be important. And, and, and so they're like, hey, we're coming to you, Jesus. We want, we want to be great. And that makes sense, right? Because as we said, hey, we all wanna be great at something and we all want our lives to be great. We all want some sense of success. We, want, we all want some sense of achievement. We want, all want our lives to count for something. And so these guys are coming to Jesus and they're like, hey, that's what we want. We wanna be important. We want our lives to count for something. We want them to matter. We want them to be meaningful. We wanna be great. And the reason why they're asking for those seats is because uh, they're operating you guys with a picture. And, and I got this ladder up here and I, I promised my wife I wouldn't climb to the top of it. She was like, oh, please don't go like WWE on these people. You know what I mean? Like, and so, but, but, but they're operating uh, with this mindset, this mentality, this picture of the way life works. And the way that they view it is that life is lived on the ladder, that life is a ladder and we're on it. And their view is, hey, we want to be successful. Why shouldn't we, right? Like, we want to be great. And, and they think that, hey, the way to be great is, is to go higher. And the way to be successful, that it's all about your status. And their belief is, hey, the higher we climb, the happier we'll be. And so they're coming to Jesus and their mom is coming with them. And that's because, hey, you know what? Like, every mom knows is that they want what's best for their kids too, right? And, and, and so she's operating and these guys are operating with this view of life, that life is like a ladder and that the higher you climb, the happier you'll be. And that the more success you have, right? Like that it's about status, that it's about position, that it's about payroll, that it's about uh, promotion, right? Like that's how they're viewing success and greatness in life. And y'all, that's so many of us right? That is so many of us when it comes to our lives and when it comes to our measure for success and what it looks like to have a great life, a happy life, a successful life. For so many of us, right? Like just like James and John and their mom, right? Like, like we measure success in life in this same way. We view life as a ladder and we think that the, the happier we'll be will be dependent on how high we can climb. And so that's how we're measuring success and greatness, and so that's why they're asking for these positions. Like, Jesus, would you give us important positions so that it feels like our lives count for something, so that it feels like we matter? We wanna be great. We wanna have success. We want great lives. So would you give us these positions? Because we know the higher you climb, the happier you'll be. Now, look at Jesus' response. 
Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. He said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? So here they are and they're asking for high positions. They're asking for influence, for favor. They're asking for high ranking positions so that they can feel like, man, my life counts for something. They wanna be great. And Jesus looks at him and he's like, I don't think you know what you're asking. When I was reading that this week, um, I, I, I couldn't help but uh, remember this movie uh, that I watched when I was growing up called The Princess Bride. Anybody remember that movie? Anybody? Yeah, everybody over 30. Um, yeah, if you're like under 30 or you're just uncultured, you've never seen it. And so, um, so I know, yeah, it's okay. It's out there, stream it. It's really funny. And so there's this movie though that I watched when I was growing up called The Princess Bride. And, uh, and in this movie, the, there's this villain and he's the Sicilian guy. And, uh, and all throughout the movie, right, things keep happening that, that like aren't the way that he planned or he didn't think were possible. And he uh, always says this word, inconceivable, right? But he's got this like weird, he's like, inconceivable, you know? And so, and so he keeps saying that every time something happens that he didn't think could happen. And, and, and so like, you know, like, Towards the, towards the end of the movie, uh, he's, he said this like multiple times, inconceivable, right? Like, and uh, one of his henchmen, uh, the, the swordsman, Inigo Montoya, he looks at him and he goes, you keep saying this word. I don't think this means what you think it means, you know? Uh, because he's like, hey, like, I don't think you get the definition of this word, right? Like, I don't think you know. And I have to imagine that in this moment, these guys are asking for high-ranking positions and they're going like, hey, we want our lives to be great. Jesus, would you give us a high-ranking position? Because we know that when it comes to life, it's all about the ladder and the higher we climb, the happier we'll be. So Jesus, we know you want what's best for us. Like, so would you give us these high-ranking positions? And Jesus is like, I don't think that, I don't think you know what you're asking. I don't think this means what you think it means. So Jesus is, look at he goes, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And what Jesus is referring to, you guys, is the fact that when it comes to him, as he's going to establish his kingdom, it's going to involve him going and laying his life down as an act of service and sacrifice on behalf of those that he would save. And so he, he tells them, he goes, can you drink the cup that I'm gonna drink? Are you, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to, to take the low position? He goes, I don't think you, what you're asking, I don't think you know what you're asking. And these guys, of course, they're like, yeah, we can, <laughs> you know? Very quick answer. There's like not even a, like a break when you're reading it in your Bible. It's just like, like, he's like, can you drink the cup that I'm gonna drink? And it's like serious and like, yeah, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's like so like nonchalant and like quick for them. It's almost like, it's almost like when, when your kids ask you if they can have a dog, you know what I mean? And, and then you respond to them and you go, hey, you realize this is gonna mean you're gonna have to be responsible for that dog and you're gonna have to take care of that dog. You're gonna have to take that dog out on walks and you're gonna have to feed and water them and you're gonna have to clean their, cake, their crate and you're gonna have to clean up the little Tootsie Rolls that they leave around my house, you know what I mean? Like, and so like, you are responsible, right? And your kid's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and one week later, you're over there with a bag full of Tootsie Rolls and you're walking the dog, you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, you didn't understand, you know? Like, you didn't count the cost, right? Like, and, and, and that's what is happening right here, right? Jesus is going, I don't think this means what you think it means, right? Like, you wanna be great, I understand that. But what you're asking for, right? I, I just don't think that it means what you think it does. He's like, could you, could you count, count the cost? He's like, because I'm talking about suffering, but you're still talking about status. And they're like, yeah, we got it. Let's go. They're still thinking status. Jesus is talking about service and suffering and sacrifice. Conversation goes on. Jesus says to him, he says, you will indeed drink from my cup. You will. And then he says, but to sit at my right or to my left, he says, that's not for me to grant. He says, those places, these places, they belong to those for whom they've been prepared for by my father. So Jesus looks at these guys and 
He's like, hey, you're actually right. He has a moment where he's prophetic. There's some moments in Jesus's life where he looks and he, he, can, he actually speaks people's future over them. And it's crazy to watch it actually come to pass. And Jesus tells these guys, he's like, yeah, you're right. You are going to drink the cup that I'm drinking. You're gonna suffer for your faith in me. You're gonna suffer for following me. And it does. It does come to pass. That prophecy that Jesus has over these two young guys. You see, James, James is the first of the original disciples who is actually martyred for his faith. He gets beheaded by Herod Agrippa. And so he literally lays his life down for following Jesus. And then John later, uh, he's not martyred. He's actually the only one who's not martyred for his faith. The only one of the originals that's not martyred for his faith. And John, uh, though, still suffers for his faith. He's beaten, he's arrested. At one point, he is sent off to an island where he's uh, forced into exile and he has to work manual labor in the mines on that island. It's grueling. And if you follow some of the church history, uh, they actually, it's actually believed that um, in that process, sometime in that process, that the Romans actually, uh, they tried to boil John alive in some oil um, and that he didn't die. And so then they said, you look gross though. So we're sending you to this island. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so that's like, John actually suffers immensely for his faith. And so Jesus goes, yeah, you're gonna drink the cup that I'm gonna drink. You will suffer. He's like, but, he's like, let me just tell you something. When it comes to the positions that you're asking for, when it comes to this like status thing, this hierarchy, when it comes to like you guys having these high ranking positions, Jesus goes, that's not even for me to decide. Like this is, this is the selflessness of Jesus, you guys, is that Jesus says, hey, you know what? Like I'm deferring all of that to our father in heaven. Because when it comes to power and authority and positions and status, he's like, that's not my concern. I've given that all to God. He's gonna take care of it. He decides. So he goes, you guys are clamoring for something that only God can give. So it's out of my hands. I've deferred that to God. Now, this is where the conversation really gets interesting. It says, when the 10 heard about this, right? They catch wind that this conversation's going down. It says they were indignant with the two brothers. So the other guys, they hear that James and John got their mom and they went to Jesus and made this crazy request that they would have the most important positions in his kingdom. And they are like, what? And they're furious. Now get this though, okay? Catch this. They're not mad because they're like so humble and holy, right? Like, how dare you want high positions? We're just lowly and gentle. You know what I mean? Like, that's not why these guys are mad. These guys are mad because they have the exact same mindset as James and John. They have the exact same mindset that life is a ladder and that the higher you climb, the happier you'll be. And the reason why they're mad, the reason why they're indignant is that they think that they're about to get climbed over. They think they're getting climbed over. And so now they're going to have to be reporting to John, who's 15. They're like, I'm not reporting to a 15 year old, right? Like, which is how some of you feel at work when you're like, this guy's 30, you know? Like, and so you're like, what? Like that, and, and they're like, I can't believe this. Like they're indignant, they're frustrated, they're angry because they, they have the same mindset as James and John, that life is all about climbing ladders. And that the higher we go, the happier we'll be. And that success in life is all about status. And that my joy in life is all about how high I can climb and who's below me and who I'm above and how much I make, what car I drive, what neighborhood I live in, how many direct reports I've got. This is how they're viewing success. And so they are indignant. They're so furious. Which you guys... That is where this mindset gets us in life. You guys realize that? This is what it does to our heart. When you view life as a ladder that you've got to climb, and when you view success in life as all about status 
And when we view life as, hey, you know what? Like the, the higher I go, the happier I'll be. And when we view the, our lives and success and greatness in our life as something up here that we've got to go and climb up after, that's what it does to our heart. Makes us indignant. Clogs up your heart with jealousy and anger. Because if life is a ladder that you're always having to climb, you know what's true is there's always somebody above you that's a little bit higher. And then it also makes you self-righteous because there's always these people below you that you got to look down on. And it clogs up your heart. And so you're always feeling less than some people and better than other people. And you're frustrated that there's some people that are above you that you don't think deserve it. Their resume is not as good. They're not as talented. They haven't been here as long. Like, how could they have that position? And it just clogs up your heart. And it makes you indignant. And that's the way these guys are at. They're frustrated. Because they're like, hey, they're worried that James and John are about to get positions that they think they deserve or that they would want. So how could you? And Jesus sees this whole mess happening. He sees this whole mess happening with these guys and they're frustrated and they're probably you know, sitting around the fire and like kind of yelling at each other. It's probably a lot like what I heard down in the basement, the scuffle, Blakely, John, I can't believe you, you know? Like, and there's that conversation that's happening. It says that Jesus gets them together and he has a teaching moment. So Jesus called them together and he said, he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. He says, not so with you. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. He says, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus pulls his guys aside. He sees the argument going on. He understands what's happening. They're frustrated. Some people feel like they're getting stepped over. Some people feel like they're missing opportunity. Some people feel like now their life is gonna be less successful than these other guys because of the status and the position that they stand to gain. And Jesus pulls them aside and he's like, guys, 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 we gotta have this conversation. I gotta show you a different perspective. He's like, you guys are all frustrated, but you got the wrong perspective. So he pulls them aside. He says, hey, look, I know the example that's been set for you with the authorities that you have in your life. I know the examples uh, that have been set for you about what greatness looks like, what success looks like, what power and, and importance look like. I know how people use power and privilege in, in the culture. He's like, I see it. He's like, the Gentiles, they lord it over. They, they view success and status as I climb high and the more people below me, the more people that have to say yes to me, the more people that have to suck up to me, the more successful I am. He's like, I get that. He's like, I understand that. That's the example that's been set for you. So I'm giving you guys a pass here. He's like, I, I know that's the example that's been set for you, but the example that's been set for you is not the example that's best for you. And the same is true for us, you guys. A lot of us, this is the example that was set for us whether it was by culture or even in some of us in our own homes, that the example that was set for us is that success, that greatness in life, that to be great at life, it's all about how high you can climb. It's all about what you can achieve for yourself. It's all about your status. It's all about your, your, your pay. It's all about what you can get for yourself. And the higher you climb, the happier you're gonna be. And that's the example that's been set for us. And that's what culture has been teaching us for a long time. And that's what some of us, even our own parents and grandparents have taught us. And they meant well. So this is not a knock on them. They meant well, but this is what they were taught. And Jesus goes, I know the example that was set for you, but the example that was set for you is not the example that's best for you. And so he turns the conversation. He says, look, if you're gonna follow me, there's another way. There is my way, the Jesus way. He says, there's another way. He says, if you're gonna follow me, then he says, not so with you. He says, you're not gonna be able to follow that example anymore. That's not the way to go. Then he gives us these two pictures. He says, instead, he says, if you wanna be great in life, 
If you wanna be successful, you want your life to have meaning, you want it to be important, you wanna be able to, at the end of your life, go, this was a life well-lived, this was great, I was great in this. Because if you wanna be great, and I love this, because Jesus, like, notice this, he doesn't scold them for wanting to be great. You guys, you guys see that? He doesn't go, I can't believe you wanna be great. He doesn't say, don't you dare wanna be great. No, he says, whoever wants to be great. He's like, basically, he's, he's given, like, he's not scolding their desires. He's redirecting them. So he's not reprimanding them. He's redirecting them. He's going, hey, if you want to be great, that's fine. Like, I understand that. That's, that's not a bad desire to want to be great in life, to want to have a great life, to want to be successful, to want to be impactful, to want your life to count for something. He's like, that's actually a good thing. So I'm not reprimanding your desire, but it needs to be redirected because we gotta talk about the way that you think you're gonna get there because that's the wrong way. And so Jesus isn't reprimanding their desire, but he is, he's challenging the way that they think that they're gonna get it. So he's seeking to redirect them. He goes, hey, if you wanna be be great, that's great. But the way you're trying to get there will not get you there. The way you're trying to get there is not gonna get you there. He says, you are focused on life on the ladder, status, achievement, climbing higher so that you could be happier. He goes, that's not the way. That ain't it. Jesus says, it's actually different. And he gives us these two pictures. He says, actually, if you wanna be great, he goes, you gotta be a servant. He says, you wanna be first, you gotta be somebody's slave. You're like, whoa, servant, slave. It's, It's strong language. But the picture that Jesus is painting, the servants and the slaves, they were the lowest position in first century society. These were the people whose entire identity was wrapped around serving the needs of others and helping them to achieve their desires in life. And so what is Jesus saying? Jesus is going, hey, if you wanna be great, that's great. That is a worthy desire. You can want to be great. You can want to be great at life. You can want to be a success in life. You can want to have impact and importance and to want to live a meaningful life. He's like, those are, those are fine desires. Those are good. That's a good thing. God wired you that way. You want to be great? Great. But you're not going to get there living life on the ladder. He said, that's not the way. He's like, the way actually to be great, he says, is to get off the ladder and to become one instead. Jesus says, hey, you wanna be great? You're not gonna get there on the ladder. You have to be a ladder. This is the image that he's giving them, right? You guys know what a ladder exists for? The ladder exists to assist people, help people to climb to places they could not otherwise reach on their own. It is a service tool, right? It is to help people who are vertically challenged like myself to get and reach places that they could not otherwise reach on their own. And Jesus is going, hey, look, you can spend your life climbing and you'll always have to climb higher and there's always gonna be somebody above you. And no matter how many people you're above, there'll be someone above you. And when you get to the top of one ladder, you'll realize that there's just a taller ladder that you're gonna have to climb, right? And he's like, so that's not the way to be great. He's like, the way to be great is to actually step off the ladder that everyone else is spending their life striving and climbing to step off the ladder and to become one for others instead. He goes, that's the real path to greatness. You want your life to count for something? You want it to mean something? You want it to matter? He said, get off the ladder and be a ladder instead. He's like, that's the great life. That's where success is really found. He goes, man, then, then you find what greatness is all about. You wanna be great? Great, be a ladder. You wanna be successful? Great, be a ladder. Make your life about serving others, elevating others, helping other people in your life and in your relationships to reach heights that they would never otherwise reach on their own. Jesus goes, that's my way to greatness. That's the path to real greatness. That's the path to true significance. That's real happiness in life. Make your life about that. Step off the ladder, quit climbing and striving and be a ladder and serve others instead. In all of your relationships, in all of your interactions, instead of walking in and going, what do I want and what's in it for me? Jesus is challenging us and encouraging us to step in and ask the question, what do they need and how can I help? That's what it looks like to be a ladder. 
to, to adopt this posture and this perspective of, of a servant and a slave in our relationships with others. Jesus says, that's the path to real greatness. That's the posture that we, that we must take on if we really wanna be great in life. And that sounds counterintuitive and that sounds countercultural because it is. And maybe at first you're like, what, that doesn't even make sense. What do you mean, be a ladder for other people? But when you think about it, if you'll pause for a moment, if you'll pause this afternoon, if you'll take a moment and think about it, you guys, you'll see the wisdom in this. Because I'm just telling you, like, think about it. The people in your life that you wanna be around, the people that you wanna spend time with, the people that you admire, isn't it those kind of people? It's not necessarily the people at the top of the ladder. It's the people that choose to live their life as a ladder. Aren't those the people you wanna be around? Aren't those the people that you wanna, you wanna work with? Aren't those the people you wanna work for? Aren't those the people that you wanna hire? Aren't those the people, come on, aren't those the people you want your kids to be? Aren't those the people, and I got emotional just even thinking about this this week. Isn't that who you want your kids to marry one day? Man, I want my, I want my daughter I don't want her to marry somebody that's just trying to get to the top ladder. I want her to marry somebody that will lay their life down and be a ladder. Put her needs before theirs. That's what I hope. Is that what you want for your kids? Come on, isn't that what you want to be for yourself? Jesus is going, you want to be great? Great. Quit climbing. Start lifting, quit climbing, start elevating others. Don't, isn't that what you wanna be? Y'all, I've done more funerals this year than I've ever done in my whole life. I'll tell you something about funerals. When you're at a funeral and people are standing up to talk about the person who's passed, you know what they don't talk about? Nobody talks about how high up the ladder they made it. They don't talk about the role that they had at their work. They don't talk about the importance of their position. They don't talk about how much money they made or what neighborhood they lived in or what car they drove or what social networks they got invited into. They don't talk about how high that person made it up the ladder. The things that they remember are the moments and the ways that they chose to be a ladder. That's what's remembered. And that's what gets celebrated. And the more ladder-like the person lived, the more people have to say And that's what Jesus is getting at. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. He looks at this group of guys, a lot of them young guys, and he goes, oh, you got it backwards, guys. You wanna be great, great. You wanna be a success? I want you to be successful. You want a life that matters? Gosh, I want that for you. But you won't get it the way that everybody else is trying to get it. You won't find it at the top of a ladder. You find it when you get off the ladder and you become one instead. Can you imagine, you guys, if we chose that? Can you imagine if we chose that? Now, some of you I get, you'll say, hey, Reed, but if I choose to live my life elevating others, if I choose to live my life for everyone else, then who's looking out for me? That's a fair question. The good news is that Jesus would teach in, in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus would teach that, hey, you know what? Our father in heaven, he's a good dad and he cares for his kids. And when you choose this way of living and you lay your life down for others, you don't have to worry about yourself because you've got a good dad, a father in heaven who knows what you need and he can and will provide. He's got you, he's got you. You lay your life down, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about who's gonna show up for you. Your heavenly father is showing up for you. Then also on top of that, this is what's crazy, look. If you and I choose that way of life, if I choose to lay my life down for you and you choose to lay your life down for me, then I never have to worry about who's laying their life down for me and who's elevating me. It's gonna be all of you. And the same is true in reverse. If we all chose that way, we never have to worry about ourselves because everyone else is helping pick us up. And then here's what I also know, you guys, is that those who choose to add value to those around them, those that choose to live their lives elevating others, never have to worry about elevating themselves. You add value to everyone around you and your value will be undeniable. And it will take care of itself. 
And so Jesus invites us into that life. He goes, your heavenly father's got you and you'll have each other. And when you're adding value to the world around you, it'll be undeniable your value will be. You won't have to worry about you. Come on, be a ladder, get off the ladder, be a ladder. Come on, that's real greatness. Just imagine if you were to do that this week in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your relationship with your parents, in your workplace. Just imagine if you were to, to embrace that kind of a life. Jesus says that, that would be truly great. That would make you a real success. That would be a life that's meaningful, that's impactful, that matters for something. That's the way. It's the way of Jesus when it comes to success and greatness. Step off the ladder and become one instead. You guys, we all have a way. We all have a way that we're approaching life. We all have a way that we're gonna view and do life. And Jesus says though, that there is a way that truly leads to life. And he says, it's his way. He says, it's following me. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if you'll follow me, I'll lead you into a life that's full and meaningful and free and it's forever. It's a narrow path. It's costly. It's laying yourself down and stepping off the ladder and choosing to be a ladder instead. But Jesus says, man, at the end of the day, you find life and you build yourself a great life and it's eternal and it lasts forever. He says, why don't you come on my way? It's a narrow way. It's the way of the cross. It's the way of the servant. It's the way of being a ladder. He says, but this is the way that leads to life. Would you join me? And all are invited to join. All you gotta do is open up your heart and open up your life and take that first step. Say, Jesus, would you lead me in life? I wanna follow your way. My way wasn't working. I wanna follow your way. And you can take that step today. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you care about where we're going, who we're becoming, where we end up in life and in eternity. You just care. You care so much about us. And so you've set for us the example. You put on flesh and blood and you didn't come to be served, but you came to serve and you showed us the way. You showed us the way to life, to real meaning, to real success, to real greatness. You paved the way by laying your life down for each and every one of us. Thank you for that. Pray that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to follow in your example. Help us to believe this morning that you actually have and know what's best for us. Help us to trust that. Help us to follow in your footsteps, to be with you, to become like you, to do the things that you've done. Help us to build a life that's truly great. Help us to choose the way of the servant, to step off the ladder and to become one instead. Help us to live these things out. We love you. We trust you immensely. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.